Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Soul Path Podcast. Today, I'm excited to share with you an interview I did with Sherry Kaplan. Sherry is a very passionate, energetic healer. She's a transformational coach, an author, a professional speaker. She's certified master Reiki, uh, chakra balancing, Tesla healer. This woman is a wealth of wisdom and resource, and she is here today to share her, her insight and her story as it relates to healing, as it relates to energetic potential, human potential, and the spiritual journey. So I look forward to sharing this with you. So much gold here. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Good. Awesome. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for being here. Uh, This is the Soul Path podcast, where we're talking about the elevation of spiritual awareness, the spiritual journey, and how that relates to human potential. And as I've connected with you and, and checked out your resources, wow, you've had a pretty incredible spiritual journey. So you're uh, way down the path, I'd say, at this point. And right <laughs> now, that is bearing fruit as a healing, a holistic event you've got coming up tomorrow. Is that right? Yes, I have my my uh, my monthly virtual fair called Healers Network. It's a psychic holistic healing fair. I've been running them virtually since August. This is my 12th that I have produced as well. I also am a co-producer of another huge event called uh, New Life Expo, and I've helped him with three of those. And he has his next one coming up June 5th and 6th. So um, I got my hands full between my event and when his event comes, it consumes me, but it's a good consuming. You know, it's it's a life-changing Life-changing for many because it gives me a global reach around the world, which I never thought we would have, you know. You know I, I used to do this live, and it used to be on a smaller scale, but not on this global scale where I actually have people joining me from uh, even, you know, Scotland that are working with me or um, Australia that are working with me. We just got our second guy from Australia this week. So. It is so awesome. It feels like right now kind of in the at the global energy level, you know, this elevation of awareness, this shift in consciousness, almost in some way, the current crisis with all the shutdown and and COVID and whatnot, forcing people into the virtual uh, to connect. It's really it's opened my eyes, I know, in a big sort of way. Uh, It's a lot different doing uh, a, a live workshop than a virtual workshop. But once you've made that transition, I think it's really apparent just how much impact working with people all around the globe. I mean, just today I've worked with people from Australia, Germany, all across the United States. And it's like, that's, that's really awesome. And it's something how technology can be such a distraction. Oh, the phone and the, the social media updates and all that. Uh, and, and so in that sense, it becomes, um, it kind of, gets us caught up when we're thinking about the spiritual journey and I'm growing and I'm flourishing, you know, I'm getting attuned and in line. The last thing we want to do is be caught up in our head and distraction. You know what I mean? And so I've, I've long, I guess this is my own, my own misjudgment, right. Is, is seeing technology as a impediment or a barrier to spirituality in some ways. And now I'm realizing, wow, that was just, uh, Fast backwards, you know, that's the wrong thank way. God, thank God for the connections because, you know, this is where, you know, energies, you know, frequency and vibration is everything. But this is where we really needed the connection to keep us together through the past year. Yeah. And, you know, for those who have pivoted and, you know, for me, who I was doing it, you know, in person to bring it on live. And, and it took me a, th- a few months to figure it out. But now it's like a well-oiled machine. I, I figured it out like it's pretty much almost like a real conference. And people are running around from room to room and they're experiencing different sessions and healings and psychics and uh, meditations and activation. And they pop into the main room and then they listen to the lecture and then they know boom 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 and uh they don't want to leave they're just high on life when they're done because they feel awakened they feel alive they feel they got their answers they got their 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 healings they they got their community so um it's really cool when you know when when all is over and we're sitting there at 10 o'clock and we're doing a recap of the day and sometimes we even have guests that are still with us who don't want to leave and they're just hanging out with us and it's so great to listen to them what they thought about their day you know what what experience they had why did they stay how come they left and came back and who was their favorite experience of the day so it you know keeps me going 
So I'm one of them. That's why I do it, because I'm also a healer and an intuitive and a a channel and a spiritual master and a teacher. And we all need a a platform to be seen and heard and to um, be respected for our our worth, our wealth of knowledge and our gifts that we can share with the world, whether it's a woo woo or I can change your life and I can close up your wound in three weeks after you have a session for me, or we can get rid of your anti uh, your anti-anxiety medicine. I literally had someone said, I forgot to take my medicine two days after I had a session with you. I'm like, yes, you know, so So I think that is just uh, that is a really great kind of launch point for, you know, you used the word activation and, you know, helping people kind of elevate that awareness. But in your own journey, when was your spiritual activation or what was kind of the headwater? Where does your story start? The seeds of your own personal spiritual journey? Mm. Well, I think my journey, I think, started from my mom. My mom has always been into it. She's always, you know, taught me everything from Edgar Casey to the Ouija boards, <laughs> taking us around to um, her all her psychics while we sat in the car where she ran and got her readings. And, you know, I remember, you know, it goes way back when. And my mom had a gift and I didn't know until she just, you know, was passed. But I know. I have it. She had it. That means grandma had it. You know, it runs in generations. You know, you just don't get it. It we kind of comes to us through our lineage. And I guess I never owned it. You know, I, I never owned my gifts and my hearing or my knowledge. And where is it coming from? Or how do I know when things are going to happen? Or how can I be so prophetic on some things when I talk to people? Um, you know, I, I went through my own uh healing crisis you know most of us healers are wounded warriors and we're trying to help ourselves heal ourselves save ourselves and do whatever we can to stay on the planet on a physical level um, while we financially have to support our health and i spent all my money on healing trying to stay alive Mm. you know i uh, i was miss holistic i was told that i needed to take some medicine which i considered was poison and i didn't want to take it and i i refused it And I, that was my everything being holistic. I, you know, I dove into everything you can think of. I bought all kinds of machines. I got on everyone's tables. I did a little, this, a little, that, a little, this, I tried it all. And then I started getting certified. I said, it's time for me to figure out a little bit about who Sherry is. And, you know, why am I so interested in all this? So little did I know I was kind of preparing myself for what was going to be. So you when, know, what uh, what stage of life was that when you were experimenting with all the modalities and going through that healing crisis? I, I, I had a period in my life where I lost everything and there was I lost my my mom, my boyfriend and my business all within six months. And then my I just went down deep and I just had to take a good look inside myself and see so why am I without the business, without my mom and without the boyfriend. And, uh, you know, it was a 10 year soul quest of getting into catering and food demonstrations and ending up being a caregiver and then helping my friend's grandmother die and figuring out, wow, I'm really good at helping people transition. And I was fascinated by the death experience and I was okay with it. And, um, and I really, I was really good at like just being caring and, and accommodating. And I didn't know how loving I could be. And my mom told me when she was dying that you're really good at this. You're going to, you know, you're really good at this. I'm like, mom, I don't ever want to do this again. You know, this is like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it out of love. But there was, I guess, when you have a sense of compassion for somebody who's dying, there's a different sense of love and you just kind of give them the best you can. Uh, with the time that they have until they take their last last breath. And um, that got, that became kind of my mission for a little bit. You know, I became a caregiver and a CNA and I was taking care of people with Alzheimer's and I became the light in their life. And uh, I would walk in and they're like, Sherry's here. And like, you know, they would wait for me and they would, you know, they would be my best friend for the day. They would be like my grandparents and we'd have the best time. And there's one of my ladies who was completely holistic. She had breast cancer and she refused to take any chemotherapy or radiation. And she had every kind of, you know, natural medicine in the cabinets. And she kept teaching me things. And she was like, you know, she was probably my 
somebody, my grandmother in another life, because we had this great little soul connection. So she really turned me on again to natural healing and the fight to the fight to live. So one day I was at um, to hear Dr. John Martini speak, and um, it was a time in my life where I was at transition. And he kind of that's when he gave me my wake up call, because I've been told that I had the healing abilities my whole life. And it's been in my chart. It's been my astrology chart. It's been in my palm of my hands. And I just never owned it. And I said, how am I going to be a healer? I have no idea how you've begun to become a healer. And when Dr. John Martini said in the lecture, what is your highest value? What's truly important to you? You know, what do you think about? What do you talk about? Where do you go on vacation? What surrounds you? Where do you spend your money? And that's when uh, healing kind of awoken me. Healing, 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 healing. And healing. And there was no looking back. And that's like a whole nother chapter of how I started my business. Just by listening to him speak was like my catalyst for not looking back in my abilities. Yeah. I remember I was listening to some people talk one day and they were talking like, yeah, man, oh, everybody's all stressed out and just, you know, heavy hearted and all this kind of stuff. If somebody knew how to, you know, how to heal that, you know, and help people, you know, da, da, da. I, and I just, I was like, I can help, <laughs> you know, I know exactly how to do that, how to create internal alignment, mind, body, soul integration to elevate the spirit, the light within so that we can shine through the clouds of the mind and get past all of that crap so that we can continue to grow on our journey. Um, it's interesting how it's almost like it's a, it's a common thread in talking with other healers. Uh, you have to go through the suffering. You have to go through the brokenness almost to learn from the own experience. And I think that that helps temper, it helps to bring balance in, in uh, gift activation, right? So if all of a sudden you are just fully, you know, actualized, fully activated and just boom, you're radiating out and you're, you know, you're using your gifts, you know, to serve humanity, there would still be uh, potentially, you know, that, that, enticement to be ego like yeah i'm a healer you know what i mean and it becomes this label or it becomes this this head trip where that is you know obviously not the right path and it, it creates i think a disconnect so i speculate that's, that that was my biggest issue is owning that title mm -hmm. I, you know to say that i'm a healer what makes you a healer you're still wounded. You're still not fixed. You know, how can you heal others when you're not healed? And I think that's kind of what lays on the head of a lot of healers. Like, who am I to say? Who am I to do? You know, like I'm still going to other people for healing me. But you know what? We don't become the master until we start doing it. We have to start practicing and stop getting all these certificates and 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 piling it up. I had my Reiki certificate sitting there for freaking 15 years. You know, until I went for my master's and that gave me the confidence to post it on Facebook and finally get customers because I finally thought that certificate was going to give me my confidence. Yeah. So would you say that healing is is a spiritually activated gift? Um, I don't know. I don't know about a spiritually activating gift. Well, my, my friend's daughter's doing it at seven years old. She, she her seven-year-old daughter's healing her right now. So, you know, if you came to this plan and you have the gift and you just didn't know how to use it and you were giving the tools and this little girl is being learned the tools of how to get rid of the inner child and where it's uncomfortable, you know, it's pretty fascinating to watch this happen. I'm like, oh my God, you know, you would probably want to bring this little girl on your show. Okay. I would suggest the mother and daughter coming on as a tag team because yeah. it's a, it's a beautiful thing seeing how the daughter's healing the mother. And so wow. it's about, I think giving permission when you give yourself permission is what it comes down to. You know, when I finally gave myself permission and I allowed it to come through, man, my hands were vibrating. They were, I was like, can anybody see my hands shaking? It was like, I thought it was like this. I'd like, this is what my body felt like inside. I just felt like a human vibration because I was channeling. 
I had this energy coming through me that I didn't know where it was coming from. I know if, you know, I didn't really believe it at first and then it got stronger and stronger. And I guess when you start doing it and they're up there going, yay, they're doing it. And they're like, so like the way, what happens with my guides is like, they're almost putting on their mask gloves and they're suiting up and they get down on the table. They're like doing the psychic surgery with my, me when I work on my clients. So I kind of have to step back. So it's like me and my team and, we go at it. So I just let whatever happens, happens. I don't take responsibility anymore. And I think that's what happens is that a lot of healers think that, you know, they're the ones that are doing it. You know, we're the middleman, you know, that's where the ego comes in. Like, yeah, I'm the healer. You know, I'm it. No, we are part of the team. You know, that's you, the person on the table above our channels, our guides, our masters, what's coming through us, our source, uh, Tesla, whether it's other planetary sources or Pleiadian, Lemurian or other planets. And um, we have no idea until they get on the table and there's a a connection. When there's a connection, then magic works. When there's not a connection before the session happens, I find the session is not as powerful. Yeah. I'm curious about that connection because I, you know, I believe I used to think that, oh, wow, there's magic in every moment, right? Like I see magic all over, you know, and, and then there was a slow transition in that understanding where instead of thinking, oh, there's magic in every moment, it was the realization that every moment is magic. And to the extent that I'm not manifesting magic in my own life, and that that's kind of a broad umbrella, but if uh, there's an internal disconnect, right? Like, so that's the if we're to channel, you know, divine intent, energy, vibration, frequency, messaging, you know, light ultimately into this world, we have to be attuned, right? We have to be vibrating at the right frequency in order for that to be, in order to be compatible. And if we're not, then we're out of tune. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're having these antennas on our head and they go beep, 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 beep. So that's when, you know, when I help people who are thinking that they're intuitive or empaths or what gifts do I have is one of the clairs. I'm like, okay, we just got to tune it in. They're talking to you all the time. They're just waiting for you to listen to them. There might be a lot of voices and you don't know whose voice it is, but it's just about you just tuning the frequency like a radio station and just like really tuning in to the voices that are not yours sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like these magical voices, like, wow, that was brilliant write that down sherry (laughs) you know yeah 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 uh i'm curious in the in the process of growing with this gift over time uh do you find that there is a kind of a a process of maturing in that discernment you know like you said when people are first realizing waking up to the fact like oh wow you know i'm an empath or i'm an intuit i can i'm you know i'm picking up on things that a lot of people don't seem to be picking up on here is that normal what's wrong with me oh my gosh you know uh, am i crazy all of that kind of arc of uh experience that i think people go through not everybody some people are just born and i think immediately realize and allow that gift to manifest. But I think not when, not when they're young, most children are not encouraged. They just think they're crazy. They're talking to voices and they're talking to their invisible friends and they're in the closets and they're, they're drawing auras of rainbows around people. You know, people, I think if parents are taught what their kids are truly seeing, because they're still coming in from the world from another reincarnation, you know, they're so still in tune the first few years that they're usually drawing their past life, you know, when they're drawing something. And if the parents could do that as teachers, I think we can really, you know, take these little rainbow crystalline children and elevate them and accept them and make them their own special school. Honestly, you know, I think because people, kids are rejected and they're pushed down and saying, what are you talking about? There's no nothing there. There's no ghosts. There's no invisible kids. Stop talking to yourself. You know, so that's what I always hear from all my people, all my practitioners that I interview is they they were most of them have had experience since they were children. Like I remember when I remember when I was just speaking with uh, with an intuitive healer here recently that was sharing her story. And it was a similar where her gifts had been so suppressed and shut down. 
uh, by her parents, by, you know, it just left and right all through. She had learned to just stuff it and try to pretend like that was not part of her life experience. And yet it was still fully within her window of experience. And it wasn't until a crisis later in life that she really began to awaken to the gift of that experience. She'd almost felt like it was a curse, uh, if you will, because it was causing all this contention in her family relationships, you know, and is that something that you see often? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of people are depressed um, that have intuitive senses because we have to internalize and uh, we're not understood and people don't understand why we're so sensitive or why we don't want to be around people or, you know, you know, why we cry <laughs> easily or why things are, you know, we, we have, we come at a different energetic frequency when you're an empath and people are not understood. So I think that's the biggest first thing is to see, you know, how much of an empath are you, you know, and then how much do you know, how much do you listen? And, but at the same time, these kids were repressed as children. So they were told to shut down. So their throat chakras are shut down, you know, and they, and they were not really heard and they were not really, whatever their truth was, was not important or was not respected. So we go back into the time of the witches, you know, a lot of us were witches and warlocks and we were, we all, you know, whether we were hung or, or guillotine or burned, you know, we all, I, you know, I was, you know, I'm for sure. And that was one of my issues in this lifetime is because of my past life traumas of speaking my truth and not being respected and not being heard. But I go into another lifetime. I was a high priestess. Go into another lifetime. I was a medicine woman. Go into another lifetime. You know, so every lifetime teaches you something and something. I was a monk in another lifetime. I was an artist in another lifetime. I was a, a rancher. You know, most of my lifetimes, I was man. I was mostly male energy in my lifetimes, not many female lifetimes in, for me. That's you know? really, that's, uh, I am fascinated because uh, I, 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 uh, there's a couple of things. We're going to stick on this one for a second. Cause I, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, an write awesome it down. Topic. Yeah. It's, uh, so you're relating the experience of, of understanding other lifetimes. Right. And to some people are like, what, you know, what do you mean? You know, there are people that are, you know, actively out there seeking to kind of, pull back or pierce the veil so that they can experience for themselves or have knowledge of their other lifetimes. So I want to ask you, was that something that just came to you naturally intuitively, or was it something that you sought to make that connection? So you had that integration or that understanding in this lifetime of your past lives? Like how did that come to pass that you had that awareness? Fascination with the afterlife. Okay. Basically. Yeah. I know that there was more. You know, when 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 you when you see other other things in life, then you know there's other things in life. Yeah. Um, I whether I, I, I'm an orb person, I see orbs everywhere. You know, I I even have a page on Facebook. You know, orb spirits and more because there was a point that everywhere I went, I my camera captured orbs. Like, how come only my camera? They're saying, oh, it's dust, it's dust. No, it's no, it's orbs. Watch this, watch this. And it was so cool, especially like when a green, you know, orb would come out of someone's heart chakra or the blue would come right out of their throat. You know, I've seen UFOs. I've, I've seen things move. I've had, you know, instances where I felt things on my body pressing down on me. I know that there's other lives out there and we're not alone. <clears throat> completely into the whole metaphysical et and you know uh stonehenge and uh the the crop circles and all these unknown things like where does it come from where does it begin that's me i'm such a curious kind of george kind of girl and so why wouldn't i delve into the supernatural my mom taught me this you know you know i thank my mom for teaching me how to be inquisitive you know, I've always been very inquisitive and wanting to know the whys, the whys. I guess, I guess the uh, to to clarify the question a little bit, I was I'm specifically curious about because I'm right with you on all of that. I'm curious how you know I personally I've not experienced connection with past life. I've had a couple of instances where I would say I have a strong indication, for example, that 
you know, I was a female African-American in a past life and it comes out in my voice when I sing. And, you know, I can, when I'm singing some Aretha Franklin, man, I am feeling it in my soul. I kid you not. And not only do I feel it in my soul, everybody in the room feels it too. And that is not me. You know, know, an element of me that is, is just there. And I would say comes from that past life connection, but specifically, I haven't sought that. And and I know people who do or have. And so you never done any past lives re- regressions or any Kashik records or um, medical past life trauma. I, I know someone who does past life um, surrogacy. She will actually go into your past lives for you. Wow. Yeah. No. I, I I'm I'm very familiar with it. I'm you know and like I said I you know I have friends that have been you know gone down that path. I have a different uh experience there was a passage in the yoga sutras that really spoke to me and gave me uh peak clarity my you know my life journey has been a wild adventure like you know many other people's has but i i was born into poverty but with a wealth of wisdom and from a from a young young age was uh honored for that gift and came to meditation at a young age, achieved a peak, I would say, you know, meditative or spiritual experience at a young age, wherein, you know, I had that kind of aha immersion. Well, what, what made you get it at a young age? That would have been, so I was, I was relaying this experience with a monk at a monastery one time. And Mm. he said, the only way, the only thing that would explain your life situation is, you know, past life, basically, you know, all of the karma, my past life brings you to this moment. <laughs> well, that was a, a phase in life in a completely different situation, you know, years and years, probably decades apart. Uh, I was, I was studying the yoga sutras and there was a passage that talked about, you know, as we are all ascending the path, you know, the spiritual ladder, so to speak, um, when, you know, at a certain level, you know, you've achieved a certain level of karma, but you still might get struck by lightning. A tree might fall on you. You know what I mean? Like things, you can still die accidentally, essentially, but not as of a, you know, karmic consequence. And as I was thinking about it, this, let me finish the sutra. If that was the case, then you would be born back into life in poverty and with wisdom. And those were the specific words in the sutras. And that's what struck me. I'm like, wow. And it connected back to that, what that monk had said, you know, which was his perspective. And at that point in my life, I had no uh, acceptance or rejectance of past lives. You know, it's all very fluid to me. I was raised without, you know, structured religion. My mother was a hippie. My father was a biker. I've been very open-minded. Uh, but I had those Transcendental age. I saw magic. I've I've experienced and I would say manifested things that could only fall into the category of metaphysical. And it's it's you know to me that's just life. It's as much as tangible reality as anything. Um, Have you ever checked out your human design? Yes. What what are you? So uh, manifesting generator. I'm a manifester. Yeah. Uh, That is. uh, I have some. Interesting talk about human design. I have some questions about it because I, I was, I walked, I was in a yoga conference and I walked into the back of this room and I was trying to just real quietly, you know, not be noticed and go around the back and the lady up at the front and there was probably, you know, 60 people in the room stopped right in the middle of her thing and said, thank you. And I was walking, not paying attention, you know, she said, thank you. Thank you for being here. And I stopped and I turned and she was talking to me. She said, thank you for your presence. Thank you for holding space. And I said, I'm honored, you know? And so I ended up staying and listening and we had a whole talk about human design. Super cool. I have an inclination that I'm actually uh, a reflector, but that's a very small percentage of human design. I do not, I'm not certain on my hour of birth. And so there's wow. some question, wow. right? Anyway, only one percent that is reflectors. You don't take a whole month to make a decision, do you? No. Okay, no. I make a decision like that. Yeah. So you're not a reflector. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't know enough about it. Uh, But you do. How long have you been studying human design? 
Um, I'm not a human design person. I'm just a recipient of of the of the services, and I know I'm a manifester. And when you're a manifester, I'm nine percent of the world. And like people, like how come things come to you? I said they really do. It's kind kind of magical. You know, sometimes I just I even put in my calendar how many appointments I want for the week, and that's how many appointments I get for the week. Wow. And um, every day is magical. I kind of look at the universe. You know, what is the universe going to conspire for me today? What phone call am I going to receive? What email am I going to get? What connection am I going to get? It's going to make me go wow. Like, there's like there's still a god. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on the uh, you know I talk about good old divinity. You know, it's one of, one of the interesting things about the spiritual journey is that, and this is something that fascinates me, is is everybody's experience is so unique. And, uh, you know, depending on a person's, you know, kind of geocentric upbringing, you know, where they were born at in the world, that's going to play into it. Uh, and then definitely the family lineage and the tradition there, that's going to play into it. But even through all of that, there is, uh, there's the unique alchemy of personal experience that brings together uh you know a personal perspective on the spiritual path and i like to learn as much as i can i am you know insatiably curious i have experienced things i'd like to you know to talk about or like to understand and i realize at the very same time that there are things that are difficult to put into words. There are personal experiences that are very hard to express. And certainly uh, for myself, and I'm sure for many, you know, probably everybody, um, it, it's a human thing, right? Like you don't want to share this really intimate personal experience if it's not well received. If it's, you know, if you're sharing that from the heart and somebody, oh, you know, you know, they want to judge you for it, or they want to discredit it, you know, talk, you know, talk down and ridicule you for your own personal spiritual experience, you know, it's like, ah, and you mean the teachers that come into our life and, you know, shoot us down or something? You mean? Uh, I would say sometimes it's a teacher. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that there are times when a person is on a path and they have a teacher on that path and they're, you know, they're growing and faster than, and they're going to ultimately eclipse where that teacher is at. And at some point that creates tension to where that, you know, the student's understanding and perspective has expanded beyond that of the teacher. So I think that sometimes that teacher out of egos needs to maintain the, you know, the teacher to student relationship will be overly critical and not, um, not allow them to express their gifts perhaps. But I think probably more than that, it's, it's the, 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 family and the friends. So it's the closer right. social circle right. that says, you know, so if you were, uh, you know, okay, so here, here's how it might be. If you were, say, a traditional, uh, you know, Western theology, right, you grew up in a church and, you know, and that was your worldview, and you prayed and you worshiped and, you know, all of that with your family, with your friends. And that was all you ever knew. You didn't know anybody that didn't do that. And so that was your, you know, your immersive experience. A person with that background uh, might come into, I think, you know, like join a, uh, you know, a different community that doesn't have the same background. And they say, oh, man, I, I had this great experience where I was I was praying to Jesus and I heard, you know, Jesus speak to me. And this is their their personal experience. Other people might say, you know, what? No way Jesus was speaking to you. You know, you're hearing voices in your head and, da, 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 you know, that might be that. And so what I'm trying to say is that different people in different places have perspectives. And it's not, uh, I would say it's not uncommon. All too often, different people in different places are, are almost um, threatened by those who have a different experience. And so rather than be curious, I want to hear about your experience. What are you experiencing that I haven't experienced? Because maybe I could experience it too. Uh, how can we use this to grow? Then it becomes this competition of whose experience is more authentic and that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? 
I have a good example of that. Um, that's kind of happened in the past 24 hours. There, there's a, a group feed that I belong to and they're intuitives and psychics and I'm not involved, but I'm just kind of fly on the wall because I don't have time, but they, they approved me. And uh, somebody wrote something and in the chat and uh, said that would be a really cool experience because she said that she was going to go do readings in the graveyard. I'm like, wow, that's a interesting place if you're on vacation and you want to go into, you know, and and I said that would be a great Airbnb experience. And somebody went a little ballistic on the feed saying, how can you say that would be a great experience? How can you bring bring out the deceased how you're bringing out the devil and the demons in the in the cemetery how can you do this and she went a little bit off and i was like and then the feed went crazy everyone got defensive the person who said she was doing readings got defensive people left the group and i'm sitting here going what the hell did i just do all i did was say something that was unique that was unique. People do tours in the cemeteries. And then I went to Airbnb and there was someone who does yoga in the cemetery because it's a beautiful nature park. I'm like, you know, to each his own, you know, so talk about judgment, you know, what does a cemetery mean to people? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then bam. Well, what's the symbol? What's the exactly the trigger for a lot of people? Yeah, it's so it's so true. I'm curious. Do you have. Uh, any relationship or any experience with spirit animals in your journey? Spirit animals. Well, I don't really know about the animals being my guide. I know that they're with me. I don't know which one um, totally is supporting me. I know I got dragon in me and um I know I believe in, in messenger totems, you know, when you pass animals and birds and lizards and things on your path, as well as finding dead things on your path. You know, like the other day I found a dead bird randomly. I never find a dead bird. And my friend was actually pointing out the birds like 48 hours ago. Like I saw the beautiful birds on your property and then there was a dead bird. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. But there was also a woman in my office who was dealing with cancer. So I said, hopefully that was your cancer or that just died. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've always had a close connection with nature and kind of an affinity for native American spiritualism kind of based on my background. And, uh, but it wasn't until later in life in my, probably my early thirties that I, I random coincidence, kind of a situation where a lady just came up to me, she approached me out of the blue and said, I don't know how you feel about this, but if you're open, would you be into pulling one of these cards? And she kind of fanned out a deck of cards. And I, yeah, absolutely. You know, so pluck one out and it was a raccoon. And so she proceeded to, you know, read to me from the book and, you know, tell me about the wisdom of the raccoon and the role of the raccoon, which is to, uh, is the, the, the raccoon is the protector of the innocent and the infirm. And when, when she was starting to read, I mean, it's, you know, more than that, but she was starting to read that man, it just welled up and I just started crying right there to stand. I'm like, I mean, that, I mean, it just lined out the mission of my heart, you know, that, that that's what makes me tick, you know, the protective part of it. And I bring that up because I feel like, uh, you know, I like to joke and I tell people, you know, I'm a cosmic beast, you know what I mean? Like I, as far as uh, a spiritual creature is concerned, you know, I, where I'm at, and my journey is, is where I'm at in my journey. But when it comes to shining light and being a creature of light, uh, you know, that is, you know, I'm an incredible force in the cosmos in that sense. And to be protective you know, this is manifest for me in different ways of life, uh, whether it was, you know, I was the kid that would beat up the bully, uh, that kind of thing. I went into the military to serve and to protect, you know, always, you know, fighting. I like to fight. You know, I'm a warrior at heart. Right. Uh, I have a warrior spirit. And protect. so we like to protect the protect. Correct. And the, uh, the element that's come about later in life for me was this this spiritual protection, you know, casting, uh, you know, casting light, sheltering people from darkness when necessary. And, and sometimes, you know, the way that that plays out, sometimes it's very personal in, in a specific 
uh, I've dealt with that with people that were literally under attack and dealing with that. I mean, that's a pretty intense situation. But uh, on a broader, more general scale, I find, you know, the feeling in my heart is and part of kind of the, the heart behind the Soul Path podcast is protecting the sacred space of each person's spiritual journey. Mm. Right. And so to create the safe space for you to share your wisdom and light or for anybody anywhere on their path to share their wisdom and light, because I believe that the infinite wisdom and the gifts are already embedded in each of us. It's already there, whether it's activated and, uh, and realized or not, it's there. And I can see that and I can honor that and I can hold space to help allow that light to come through. And anyway, that's just kind of how I, our goal is to bring you know uh, you know bring people from the darkness into the light and the light workers most of them have been through some kind of darkness and they've been suppressed and they don't know how to share and i i I also do a a weekly holistic happy hour networker to help these so-called people such as me you know step into their power and their gifts and 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 own their value and worth and to set their price and to figure out their branding and to understand the marketing and to get your website going and to be accountable to others and to know that you're not crazy and, you know, it's okay and we'll guide you through this. So I do that every Wednesday from seven to nine Eastern time on Zoom. And I have people from all over the place and I've watched people grow so much, you know, when they come in going, I, I, I believe I'm intuitive, I'm a reader. I think I'm a light language and I do healing and I've been doing this a long time, but I've never charged anybody. I just do it on my friends. Like, okay, you want to make some money? You want to, you know, really like not make this a hobby anymore? Are you ready to leave your daytime job? Okay, let's go there. Isn't it interesting? Here's that's a good, uh, good point you bring up that the, are you ready to make some money? Right. So you say that to a, a person that's think they think, Oh, I'm a spiritual person. I've got these spiritual gifts. It doesn't have anything to do with money or, or business. It's like a hobby. Like you said, I, I mean, I used to relate to that and think that, you know, why would I charge somebody for something that I would do for free gladly? You know, uh, it took some releasing and getting past some blockages to come to a different place of looking at that. I'd see it now as, you know, heart centered, you know, soul led business is the manifestation of divine intent, nothing less, you know? And so to the extent that we are actually living out the the divine inspiration that's welling up inside of us, you know, we are, that is the maximum spiritual expression. And it's also, I think the maximum human potential is to have the most positive impact, you know, uh, but we have to get people to realize that they're not trapped animals, mm. that they can come out of their cave and come out of their cells and come out of hiding. And people are waiting for them. Mm. They're waiting for you. Anybody who's listening right now, they are waiting for you. You know, come out, come out. I know it's hard. You know, I, I know it's hard to set your prices. I know it's hard to accept your first payment. But when you do, you say thank you and you put your hands and you say thank you. May it multiply tenfold. I remember how exciting it was when I first started getting paid. I'm like, wow, I'm actually getting paid for this. You know, and this is like really fun. I could do this all day long. Imagine that. This is awesome. So I wouldn't know what I would do now. Honestly, if I wasn't doing this, I would be dead. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, I, I'm a sound healer. I'm an energy healer. I'm a Reiki master. And I produce virtual fairs. I do uh, networkers. I teach people how to do Airbnb experiences. I am an Airbnb experience. I teach people things, you know. So there's not enough hours in my day. It's just a gift. You know, we have to just start sharing what we know and all this knowledge of all these years of all these teaching, all these certificates, all these tools in our two belts, everybody use them, use them, put one at it. You know, everybody thinks you need to like get this and get this where every people are in perfection paralysis. They're like, I'm waiting for this and then I'm going to do this. And I'm like, I'm still waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Just do it. Do it for free. Get your reviews, get your feedback, give your confidence. You need that third party credibility. And that's all it takes, guys. Just go for it. Just do it. Do it for free. Get as many free feedbacks as you can before you start receiving your money. Do it. 
Beautiful. That's wise advice. Wise advice from somebody that's walked the path and that's invaluable. So super awesome. I'm curious about the, uh, you know, you talk about Reiki and energy work. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with that. I've had some pretty incredible experiences through Reiki that were, uh, what well, quick story. I was, I was laying, I was all, you know, zenned out. I just got done doing this yoga session. I'm sitting in a conference, you know, room, probably, you know, a hundred people in there or so. And, uh, I'm just, zoned and we were in shavasana right and so i'd been laying there a little bit extra long maybe i doze i don't know but next thing i know this this lady comes over and she says do you mind and i you know i just open my eyes and i said no not at all and close my eyes back down and boy did she bust out some woo on my ass you know i mean it was like i have experienced different levels of reiki practitioners and there is a difference between a master reiki practitioner and a beginning and there's a difference between somebody that has a master certificate and those that were born with the gift you know like the highest level this lady blew my mind i had release that i i didn't even know i was holding but within probably 15 seconds or less i had convulsions running through my body uncontrollable emotional release and trembling and whoa i mean it was about a you know two minute process from start to finish and and she said i'll just leave you you know (laughs) know, i was just like holy shit wow you know that just uh blew me wide open and so i say that because i know a lot of people they're like reiki what you know that you know spiritual woo what you know i'd say shut the doubt and try it out i mean you can only live your own experience and it's going to be a little bit different for everybody you know uh i don't have the gift of reiki that's not my thing i am a healer I, it's a little did bit- she say it was reiki or she just said may i and you have no she idea what she I. did yeah right yeah i assume that it was reiki it felt like she- reiki she was laying on of hands. She was just moving her energy, whatever needed to get done. You just intuitively know. Me, I mean, huh? like, I'm familiar with laying on of hands of physical contact and the transmission of chi. I, I find that it's uh, most effective through contact. I, I don't experience it personally. Uh, I've seen some real like Qigong masters that, that can project chi beyond the limitation of the body, but that's beyond my skill level. Uh, it's possible that's what she was doing, but it felt like Reiki. I could feel her energy moving through my energy, if that makes sense, right? And she was hooking things deep and just pulling it out. And that I'm wasn't like, Reiki. No? No, that wasn't Reiki. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> you know, we, we, we're we a little bit of shamans, some of us. You know, we just kind of come in and know where to pull out those 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 hooks and the cords and, and just kind of clear the energy. And you don't need to be laying on hands. Most things you don't need to touch. Tesla healing is no touch. Marconics is no touch. Um, re- uh, reconnection is no touch. Every, you know, everything is like, outside the energy field, you know, within the, their, you know, the axioms of the, of the chakra system or of the auras, you don't need to go in and touch, you know, you have no idea what this woman did, but she did not just Reiki, you know, not not that short amount of time. She, she knew what she was doing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. She knew what she was doing. That was, that was the label that I used. I use I, I Reiki is my cover. I, I call it Reiki on steroids. And, and they say I'm coming for a Reiki session. I said, OK, just letting you know it's my cover because it's not just Reiki. Yeah. <laughs> OK, this That's is not awesome. just a Reiki session. If you just want Reiki, just giving you a heads up. Do you want a little bit more than Reiki? I can do it. No, no. Give me more. Give me more. I'm like, of course. you want more. Yes. <laughs> so how, how would you describe that? That's what I was curious about uh, as far as Reiki. And, you know, that, that that's just straight up as, as far as my understanding goes, it's, it's you know, it's, it's just straight up energy work, right? I mean, you're just working with, you know, we're working with vibrational frequencies, uh, patterns and densities and energy, similar to Chinese, uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And, uh, you know, so we've got the nadis and the prana in yoga and Ayurvedic theory. We've got, you know, the meridians and the sheep and the chi in uh, traditional Chinese. And so, and Reiki just being the 
Japanese version of a similar map has been my understanding, but maybe you could uh, speak to that a little bit more. How do you describe Reiki to people that are unfamiliar with it? Well, universal life force. Um, and, you know, it's all universal energy coming from somewhere. I think it has to do with intention. And, um, you know, at the beginning, when I got my Reiki certification, I would have my little charts next to me and I'd make sure I do my shokure and say hey keys and make sure it's perfect. And I was just like the perfect student and I did everything right. And then you got to the OK. I just don't do Reiki. I also do Tesla. I also do this. I also do that. So there's different levels of energy that we're bringing in and we're manipulating how we're lining it up and adjusting it, pulling it out, pulling it in, mm-hmm. yanking it, fixing the auric field, you know, laying down the lines. You know, it's just like you just can't come into someone's energy field and just go in, you know, you kind of have to really treat it, you know, as going into surgery, because we're going into an energetic system and we, everything's going to start flowing. Once we set anything, everything in place, you know, you know, the body's going to jump, your blood's going to go, you're going to sweat, you might burp, you're going to feel things going on in your body. People have good bowel movements the next day. Um, Things start opening up. Anything that was blocked gets unblocked. But, you know, Reiki, as you know, because it's been around for so long, for a thousand, couple of thousand years, and it's passed through lineages and through certain people, and it's been channeled, and it was channeled after, you know, a fast in the mountains. And so a lot of people that are creating these healing modalities, you know, they, they got these channeled messages. Eric Pearl, who channeled the reconnection. Tesla and metamorphosis, it was channeled messages also. So why can't I do something? You know, people are asking me for a class. When are you going to teach a class, Sherry? They want to learn what I'm doing. Okay, what am I going to do? So is Sherry going to teach a class? What's it going to be called? Am I going to tune people? Am I going to certify people? Why not? I can start something too. So, you know what I'm saying? People do come along with their own healing modalities and they name it and they get people certified under them. And next thing you know, you got a bunch of people kind of mini me's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of the tried and true uh, it's, it's the it's a tradition, right? Honoring a time honored tradition of of mentoring, and just like not everybody's going to go off into the cave and have that you know direct channeling experience, but somebody is, and you might be that person, and you might be that person, you know. Uh, and then, but when you do, when that's your mantle to receive that, the responsibility then is to you know to share that and you know transmit that into the world and you know, progeny, you know, to, to equip other people to take that message into the world and the same. It's interesting. I'm really super curious about the Tesla healing. Can I, this is new to me. I want to know all about it. I'm probably going to, you know, do a hundred hours of research on it, but I, I'd like to hear from somebody that, uh, tell me about Tesla healing, your experience with it, please. And it's interesting because when I first got certified with my Reiki um, (laughs) master's level, you know, and I was excited and I took my business card and I said, okay, now I can go to the holistic chamber of commerce. Now I can say I'm a Reiki master. Now it's funny. I didn't even have the word Reiki on my business card. It was my old business card with all the 10 things I used to do, you know, organizer, caterer, party planner, whatever you needed, Sherry did it. But now that I was a Reiki master, I went in and I gave my business card and she goes, Reiki Shmeiki. She literally said that Reiki Shmeiki. She goes, Tesla is a new healing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, Tesla, the car? No, Tesla metamorphosis. And I'm like, I never heard of this in my life. She gives me this piece of paper, this flyer. And she goes, she's coming here from Australia next weekend. And she's only teaching this next weekend. Like, like it was like, the following weekend i'm like oh man i already got something obligated i can't go i'm like you gotta go home and research this what the hell, the hell is tesla metamorphosis you know it was like branded it had a logo and everything so it's tesla healing metamorphosis she's from australia but she's actually from serbia her name is anna petrovic and she started receiving a lot of messages um that she felt were messages from tesla whether the doves were coming and she was receiving dreams and then she met this woman who received a message that Tesla wanted her to create a healing modality for Tesla healing. 
So she created this healing modality. It's a little bit of like reconnection, a little bit of reconnective healing, a little bit of Reiki. Honestly, there's a little bit of symbolisms of both. And then there's some things that I've never done before in my life. And she has this three-day process, not only three days, but like two weekends process and three different levels that I had to take. And, and we had to draw things and we had to like kind of work the body. And the further we are on the body, the stronger the energy goes. So it's literally, it's hands off. And if you took a, uh, like a PIP camera, like where they have this special camera to see the frequencies, you can see purple in the room or purple coming out of my hands as opposed to, and it kind of spreads into the room. So it's a, a force that goes into the room. It goes far and wide. So it's energy in the whole room. So I became the Tesla rod. I am, I got questions. I'm like, I'm really curious about this. So because I do not have the gift of seeing auras, though I do see light in ways that other people don't see light. And I have the ability to basically, you know, expand purple energy, purple light into any given space around me. Oh, it's, uh, it's so it's an interesting. I don't have the ability to see that from other. I can feel it. I can feel other people's energy, but I can't see it. But I can definitely see it when I'm projecting it. And it doesn't always I can I can, you know, project green, uh, purple or what have you. But uh, I'm just curious. So does Tesla and Tesla rod tell me more? Tell me more. Purple, purple is the color of healing. I know that after the session and then people give me the feedback and I asked them, what color did you see? And when they said that they saw purple and it was swirls of purple, I'm like, yes, because I know that's when the magic happened. You know, when purple comes into them, that's the healing color, according to my philosophy. You know, there's a lot of white light that comes into that third eye and, you know, we get rid of the darkness. But when that purple happens, that's when the magic appears. Right. And um, there's waves and people literally feel waves of energy like this, like an ocean. Then they feel tingling in all their body where they just want to scratch because everything is coming alive. And then when I touch their toes, they feel energy coming straight out their feet, like like they just got stuck in their socket. Um, They start coming alive. Things are percolating. And I'm like, okay, uh, this is not a typical energy Reiki session. This is action. This is activation. This is like energies flowing. You know, I start off with sound healing, but I end, you know, with tuning forks and, you know, I have crystals on them. I got pyramids on them. I do access consciousness bars. I shut down their brain. So they're like, they're going on a, a vacation with themselves, you know, without leaving, you know, town kind of thing. So it's a trip. It is a trip. It's a trip. People say it's like, oh, my God, this is like the best drug ever. You're my new drug dealer. (laughs) So it keeps me going. You know, when I get off the table and I get the feedback, you know, I wait for them to open their eyes and they look at me like, whoa. And they're trying to get off the table and they're just like, oh, my God, what just happened? I can't even talk right now. (laughs) You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like this, this is what it feels like to leave your body. This is what nothing feels like. This is what it feels like to shut down all those problems in that head of yours that you came in. When was the last time you felt that? Mm. You know, it's just like. The ultimate liberation. Yeah. Release. Yeah. Just to forget. uh, Just to forget. Still be here, but forget. I'm here, but I'm not here. (laughs) I I couldn't move my my fingers and toes if I tried, they say. I have a, a breathwork technique that I take clients through that I tell, you know, I'll tell people sometimes, you know, I said, I can light you up like a Christmas tree. I can make it feel like you just stuck your finger in a light socket. We'll just blast through all this crap all at one time. You know what I mean? Like, let's just jump right into it if you're ready for that. But what I found is that not, uh, not everybody's ready for that, obviously. And it can be an overwhelming experience for some people if they're not at, at a place that they're ready that life's prepared them for that type of experience but um i'm noticing the time and i'm wanting to be very respectful of your time because i know you have such a busy day tomorrow uh do you have just a few more minutes to wrap it up or do we need to cut it dry right now no i'm good 
Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so energy, energy healing, spiritual development. One of the things that you had, uh, I just flashed on purple when I closed my eyes. Uh, I used to wear a purple turtleneck in in like junior high. That was my, the purple's always been my favorite color. And Aww. I just see that connection now. Uh, I didn't, the first time I realized I was a healer was I was at a party and, you know, about half lit and everybody's, you know, and this lady that, you know, this girl had been drinking a little bit much, kind of stumbled and she broke her ankle bad and uh, real bad. So they called an ambulance and all that. And in that, you know, I, I just felt that I was around. I wasn't even in the same area. I felt it. And I just, boom, I got up, I took, went right over and I just put my hand on her and I said, it's going to be okay. And that was it. And it took away all of her pain. And I didn't realize it at the time, you know, but later seeing that lady, she said, oh my gosh, I had to find out who is that man that touched me. When you touched my leg, it stopped hurting. And it was just like that. And I was, wow, you know, that was, uh, my intent was to transmit positive energy uh, and, and comfort, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to mend the bone or I'm going to do something like that, you know, but there was, that was the first time I think I really realized there was something to this energy healing and uh, using that gift to heal. I, anyway, it's kind of funny because fast forward to that woman laying hands on you at the yoga event and like, who the hell was she and what just happened? Yeah. You see yeah. these little angels that will come into your life and lay your hands. Now, I've, I've also used to be out in public and they'll tell me my shoulder hurts. And I'm like, what? And I just put my hand on their shoulder while we talk. And by the time we're done, their shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. And I leave and they go, who the hell was that lady? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are I, I, I consider these to be spiritual gifts. And it is, you know, my my opinion is that. You know, life is a spiritual journey. It's the evolution of the soul. We're here to grow. We're here to learn something. We're here to give something to connect and contribute. And so along this process, there are those that are, you know, born into the world as an old soul. So that gift is kind of already there, almost fully developed or already, you know, already developed. They're like the seven-year-old, her gift is already fully functioning and developed and she's, she's doing it. Right. And I love that kind of story. Uh, I love to see that that's gives me so much hope for the future. And then, uh, but more often, I think because mostly because of societal conditioning and social conditioning, a lot more people are born into the world. They may have, you know, some inclination of spiritual gifts, but they don't, they're not being encouraged to develop it. And so that if they have any kind of like spontaneous expression of spiritual gift, they just, it's not validated. So they shut down. Right. So there's a, there's this huge need in the shifting of consciousness, the elevation of consciousness. There is this need for activation of spiritual gifts. And I think it's fascinating that all the different lineages, whether you're looking at Islam or Christianity, Judaism, any of the monotheistic traditions, any of the, you know, the other, you know, more Hindu, uh, Taoism, you know, Qigong, etc. They have also uh, spiritual ascension, there's spiritual gifts across all of these systems. And then you have the intuitive and the, you know, new channelings like the Tesla system. Uh, I mean, Reiki yoga, these have been around for thousands of years, but it's a constant thing. It's constantly in bloom. Divine expression is a creative exploration of infinite potential. And that's infinite healing potential, I believe coming through humanity. And so my question, I'm curious as, as kind of a, you know, closing, you know, salvo, but how do you think we as humanity in the, in the broadest sense, in the most general sense, how can we better serve each other in activating, honoring, and getting these gifts to, to grow fruit or to, you know, does that make sense? Is that a clear question? Um, uh, acknowledging, acknowledging number one, um, people who do have gifts and to give them a, a fair value of their time. Just don't take it. It is time. 
It is effort. People get training. They spend a lot of time, money and effort to get trained, just like an electrician or a plumber. You know, we all got our specialties. You know, us healers are the new doctors of the world. You know, people are going to come to us more than ever, especially because of this pandemic. People are seeking the alternative ways to heal. They don't want to go into the uh, medical facility. They don't want to subject themselves. They don't want to take any more poison or the medical industry has failed them. So they have to, um, we're going back to almost the beginning. I hate to say, but, you know, everyone's going as natural as possible. They don't want to, um, to put any more poison in their body. They want to get rid of the poison. They want to get rid of the emotional poison, all the baggage. So, you know, um, energy works, you know, Tesla proved it. And and there's an energetic system. And without the energetic system, we have nothing. And that's the most important system, honestly. You know, without the energy, everything connecting, the brain shuts down, the heart shuts down, everything shuts down. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep that energy flowing, keep everything going and listen and love and understand and respect. And everybody comes to me, you know, a lot of I get deal with a lot of trauma and a lot of people dealing with childhood trauma and, you know, the, the, the victim, you know, why they're still playing. You know, when did this happen? Oh, and they go back to seven, eight years old, like, oh, my God. And you're still holding on to this Lord, you know. So we have to, like, get rid of that, replaying that record and let people just living in their power and letting go. And just being free again, because there's a lot of uh, abuse, a lot of turmoil, a lot of narcissism, alcoholism, uh, sexual abuse. And this is makes um, uh, this makes destroyed adults. What happens to them as children destroys them as physical human adults that can't function anymore properly because of what their mother or father did to them. So parents take responsibility now while you can, because uh, we don't want them to be visiting healers 50 years from now because of what you did mm-hmm. or what you didn't do. Listening to them, their truth, what they're saying, what they're seeing and how they're feeling. If they're feeling something's wrong, it's probably true. Okay. <laughs> Kids have strong, good intuition. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for that wisdom. That is uh, definitely, I think, a message that everybody needs to hear. Humanity needs to hear it. So, well, I don't know what I just said. That was a good channel. I'll listen to it later. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am so grateful for your presence um, and for your just being here, sharing the story and sharing the experience, the knowledge. I think that it's something that um, there are a lot of people that need to know how to bring their gift into the world. And it seems to me like that is something that you really specialize in. And so I'm curious for any listeners, uh, I'd like to put a link in the bio and all that kind of stuff. But if, if there is somebody that has felt connected to you or drawn to you right now, what's the best way for somebody to find you and connect with you? Uh, Sherry Kaplan.com, my name, S H E R I K A P L A N, and you'll find everything there. I also have, um, you know, a bunch of landing pages for the uh, Healers Network Virtual Fair. I got my master class, and then I'm building one for my ha- uh, holistic happy hour. Um, well, I like the sound of that, the holistic happy hour. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Awesome. <laughs> well, it has been, uh, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed the heck out of the conversation and Thank you. Thank you. I would, uh, I'll, I'll be sharing the links with you on the back end processing stuff. I try to get this all out, uh, tonight. So maybe it can get some traffic, get some people to go to your event tomorrow. Beautiful. Uh, That'd be awesomeness. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Pleasure. It has been a pleasure. So just, uh, may peace pervade the day where everything goes smooth tomorrow. May you get a good night's rest and keep shining your light. And I'll look forward to continuing to connect with you, uh, as time allows. So beautiful. Thank you for having me. And I'm always recruiting new people from my, my fair. So come check it out tomorrow, everybody. Awesome. Awesome. Have a good night, Sherry. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, friends, that was pure spiritual gold. Uh, just so much there from how people can, you know, begin to explore their gifts and begin to express those gifts and how important it is. Uh, what that actually looks like and not to be ashamed and to come out of hiding and be who you were born to be. I think that that's a very powerful message that the world needs to hear. So I want to thank Sherry for her time and uh, 
Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe and share this with your friends. The Soul Path Podcast is here to nourish your soul, to help you grow, to expand your awareness, to elevate your soul. So I look forward to connecting with you soon. Peace.